Well, hello, everyone. We welcome you to Timberline Church this weekend. I hope you've had a good week. Hope you've enjoyed some stuff and you're getting out a little bit more carefully, obviously. It's kind of a, an exciting last few weekends because we have been live in teaching and in worship. Hope you're enjoying that. Those of you watching online, keep it up. We're going to keep that coming as well. And so we're not pressuring you to come back to any of the campuses, but we're just letting you know we are live at all three campuses and we're doing a good job with safety. Our team, our staff, they love having you back and they're working really hard. So keep them in your prayers. But anyway, hey, this weekend we are talking about Faith Happened. As you know, we're in a series called What Just Happened. <laughs> I gotta tell you, kind of, a little bit about this series. I started hearing back in March, like mid-March, end of March. Do you remember this thing called, oh, what was it called? It started with a C. It was like co-something. Co COVID, that's what it was, COVID. And I thought it would just go away. And then it was COVID-19. It was called a bunch of things. I thought it would just, you know, we got a month here. We're going to get through. <laughs> remember that? I remember that. So I started hearing all these people kind of explaining things to me, and they would say something like this. It would go just like this. It would go, well, you know, we were planning on getting married on April such and such, but then COVID happened. And then I would hear, well, we were going to take this vacation, do this trip, but then COVID happened. And so I just started thinking about all the things that we say this just happened happened and our teaching team said yeah why don't we talk about that from a, a scripture perspective and so the last couple of weeks pastor jeff has done a great job talking about different things and we're continuing that this week and we're going to look mostly at the life of peter and a revelation moment that came to him when faith happened and i hope faith happens for you in your life as we talk about it today i'm going to read a passage out of matthew chapter 8, and I want you to just kind of follow along. It'll be on the screen. You can take notes on paper, on your app, however you want, but we'll have it on the screen for you as well. Matthew 8, 23. Then Jesus got into the boat, and he started across the lake with the disciples. Many of you remember this story. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and they woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. I want you to think about that phrase. That's what came to the Lord's mind. Why are you afraid? You have such little faith. Then he, he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Yeah, I would I imagine. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves, they, they obey him? What a story. I can't imagine what that must have been like to have Jesus in the boat actually commanding the wind and the, and the waves to, to stop. Have you ever tried to command the wind to stop? <laughs> I, I, I admit I have a couple times, you know, when, when you really don't want it to be blowing. 
And it's like, God, let me have a shot at that. Peace be still. <laughs> Nothing has ever happened. I don't have the faith. So uh, I think Jesus would say to me, Northrop, uh, you need to grow your faith muscle a little bit. But we're all in this together, right? So let's be easy on each other. Number one in your outline, what kind of man is this? We've put that in the form of a question for a reason. I want to break down the passage that we just read just for a moment. And I want you to consider it. First of all, it says they were crossing the lake. When you read scripture like this, it's a story. You don't stop and analyze every phrase. But sometimes when you get to the end of the story, it's good to go back and look at how it all started and look at some specifics. They made a willful decision to get into a boat on water. How many of you know that's a risk? Sometimes in life, we decide to cross the lake. We decide to go someplace new in a situation that we've never really had a guarantee about. They didn't know if the storm would come or not. They didn't count on it, that's for sure. But they made a decision to cross the lake. May I just say to, to all of us, to put this in our heads, our walk with God is about crossing the lake every single day. It's about taking steps of faith to go maybe where we've never gone before and to trust God in the journey. It's not the destination that even matters. It's the journey that we're in to get there. That's when all the things happen. That's when stories are made good. Your best stories in your life are in the middle of the journey of something you were trying to do or accomplish. That's just how it is. Then this fierce storm. You know, if the Bible says it's a fierce storm, I believe it was. It was unforeseen. Kind of like the pandemic we're dealing with now. No one could have guessed this would happen in our nation. And it's happened really bad in our nation. And we're leading the way in so many negative statistics. We didn't foresee this. We didn't know it was coming. But it's here. It's honest. It has disrupted our normal life. That was the feeling that they were having with this storm that came upon them in this little boat. Then what did they say? They said, if you look at it, go back and look at it. We're going to drown. I've, I've been around people who immediately go to the worst case scenario. Have you? It's, it's a challenge because they, all they see is the worst case scenario happening in anything that goes on in their life. That's exactly where they went. And they, they, they jumped into that bad thinking and they made a conclusion. So here's the question. Was their conclusion true? They're going to drown. Did they drown? No. Why? Because Jesus was in the boat and He wasn't going to let that happen. I want today for you to allow Jesus to bring an interaction into your life with the storm that you are facing right now. I want it to be so apparent that suddenly your thoughts of drowning become thoughts of life and miraculous moments that you could have never foreseen. That's when faith happens. is in the bad times, the challenging times. The distressed times. That's when faith has an opportunity to happen most and happen best. So think about that. Finally, you know, Jesus says, why are you afraid? So little faith. But He handled it. He wasn't condemning them. I don't think He was trying to make them feel guilty about anything. 
I think he was making an observation. And today, I want you to make observations about your own life. Jesus is the answer. Well, that takes us to the second part of this. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people actually say? And and I want to read from Matthew 16. We're jumping ahead now. And we're looking at this moment when Simon Peter makes this proclamation about who Jesus is. When Jesus came, this is in Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say, It's Elijah. Others say, Jeremiah or one of the prophets has has come back and he's on the earth again. You see, in in Jesus' day, many people believed in who Jesus was being the Messiah, but many did not. If you really consider this, it was the people who did not believe in Him that actually put Him on the cross and killed Him. So not everyone believed. So it's the same now as it was then. There are some who believe and some who do not. What's the difference? Why doesn't everyone believe? That's a big question, too big for us here, but I want you to contemplate it. Why doesn't everyone believe? I look at our our current situation in America. Who do people say that Jesus is? Now, as a pastor of many, many years, I have seen a lot of emails, a lot of opinions, a lot of challenging thoughts about what people say concerning Jesus, especially in politics. You know, is Jesus a Democrat? (laughs) Some of you are like, yes. Some of you are like, oh, Lance, no. Is he a Republican? (laughs) All these emotions that, that come out of these types of questions Is he even politically active? Would he be if he was on the earth today? What we are seeing mostly in our country today is the Jesus that some people have in their mind that is agenda-driven. Their own personal and selfish agenda. See, Jesus did not come to fulfill your wishes or your agenda. I know that's hard for you to handle, hard for me to handle. He came for a bigger reason, and that is to save people from their sin. Thank God. Did He bring justice? Yes. Did He bring truth and character? Yes. These are the things that He came to bring. But He did not come into the world to be a pawn in the hands of people who want to politicize Him. You guys, please get this right right now. We have, we have people, quote, Christians who are at odds and war against each other about whether you should wear a mask or not. What are the rights of a nation? What, should we go to church? Should we not? Can we have, who, who are they to tell us we, we have to have restricted numbers in our bill? It goes on and on and on. And you know what happens? Our distraction takes away from understanding who Jesus is. He's not here just to fulfill my agenda. Don't ever forget that. Please remember that. Jesus came to the world to save us from ourselves. 
not to empower us to do our agenda. He came to redeem us back from the fallen sinful nature that I have in my life and you have in yours. And that's what He has done. And that's when faith happens. Number three. Who do you say I am? This is, this is where it gets personal, okay? This is what matters most right now in your life. I have to answer this question. You have to answer this question. So here's the next verse. Verse 15 in the same chapter, Matthew 16. But what about you? You know, they've just said, Jeremiah, another prophet. And he said, hang on. That's all fine. That's what they are saying. But what do you say? Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, and this I believe is the revelation of God, and this is where faith happens. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell, Hades, will not overcome it. See, I, I, I view this story a little bit like, uh, like the, the, the spontaneity of Simon Peter happened in this moment, and it was faith that happened. So just kind of go back in the story, and, and Jesus is saying, you know, what is everyone saying about me? Who, who do they say I am? And they go through this list and everything, and all the disciples are they're gathered around, they're listening. And, and then Jesus makes it personal by saying, who, who do you say I am? And, and I think something bursts inside of Peter. And I think that spontaneity, which I know now, is the divine element that came from God. And Peter was being renewed in his spirit, and his spirit man stood up in his body. And I think it came out kind of like an utterance. I thought, you, you are, you're the Christ. You're, you're the Son of God. And I think that's when Jesus immediately realized faith happened. Simon Peter, you don't know that on your own. <laughs> you don't know that just by flesh and blood. That right there, that knowledge, that was your spirit man letting faith grow it and having knowledge that you would not have otherwise Big stuff right there. So, Simon Peter got it right. This was a moment of divine revelation. I believe it with all of my heart. This revelation did not come to Peter with his own intelligence or understanding or life experiences. It came to him by his faith in Jesus. It came to him by an awakening that came into his spirit. There really is there really is such a thing as an awakening in the spirit. So how many of you, how many of you are, are like hard sleepers? Like you sleep through anything, you know? I, I've got <laughs> some people in my family, some of our grandkids, it doesn't matter where you are at night, you put them to bed and they will stay asleep in the car, the back of the car, the car seat, they will stay asleep. And then you get other people who they wake up all the time. But when you wake up in the morning, like I typically wake up two or three things at night, uh, at night changing positions or my arm falls asleep or whatever and and I have to move around I wake up and I think a little bit but I, I go back to sleep but I know when I wake up it's like this moment when I think oh coffee <laughs> where's my coffee you know let's go hang out with God and get some good coffee 
but it's, it's this kind of wonderful awakening that I'm going into another day. And I like to wake up, especially if I've rested well. Our flesh and blood experiences the awakening from being asleep. But we are more than flesh and blood. And this is really critical that, we, you, that you put this in your mind and ponder it throughout this week. You're not just flesh and blood. You're not just skin. Your heart's not just pumping your blood around, keeping you alive. You have a soul. You, you have a spirit man in you that is the deepest part of who you are. Yeah, your heart has to be pumping in order to keep that alive. But that spirit man will never die. When your heart stops, when all that flesh dies, your spirit goes to be with Jesus. It never dies. You have nothing to do about that. I mean, you, there's nothing you can do about that. You can't kill your spirit. You can't let it die. It's going to live on. One place or the other, it's going to live on. So, so consider this. There are three kinds of thought that I have briefly mentioned before with you as we've talked about what happens in our mind. Because in a minute, I want to talk about the power of our mind as it relates to faith. The first kind of thought is simply called, and there's more than these three, but, but this is simple, concrete thought. When a kid is developing, we have three kids and we watch them all develop. They go through this stage of having these concrete thoughts like, this table is hard. If I hit my head on that table, it's probably going to hurt. And so they are a little more careful. They get on the table, right? How many of you have had a kid that's a climber? Yeah. And in the beginning, they could potentially crawl right off the table onto the floor. Why? Because they haven't yet developed what it means to understand the law of gravity. They don't know. Concrete thought starts to settle in and they start to make better decisions about electric plugs and tables and climbing and falling. They start to understand these things in their lives. Then we are advanced into abstract thought. Abstract thought is where like math, science, uh, music, there's so much to music that's involved in chord progressions and why these tones go with these tones and why they don't. It's, it's amazing, but all these are abstract thoughts that have to be learned. Abstract thought is the ability to think about what you're thinking about, about what you're thinking about. It's going deeper into a conclusion that is drawing a conclusion from analyzing the data that you have in your mind, in your life, and in your experiences. So adults typically get pretty good with abstract thought. And we make decisions based on it. I make this much money. I can afford this much of a house. I can buy this car. I can't buy this car. I can go here. I shouldn't go there. It's an abstract ability. But then there's another kind of thought that I really want you to, to own today. And it's divine thought. Divine thought is beyond concrete or abstract thought. It is the tuning in to the spirit man. It's tuning in to divine guidance you say well that sounds almost spooky it kind of is because it's spiritual you say well you really believe in all that like it's spiritual like you can have this higher power that yeah it, i do i believe that's called the holy spirit and the holy spirit bears witness with our what our spirit 
So it's, it's not just flesh and blood. It's not just my human nature. It's my spirit man being awakened by the Spirit of God, which longs to be together. They long to be together. Why do you think people go on searches in their life? Who am I? Why am I created? What am I on this earth for? It's the longing for the spirit man to make a connection with its God, its Creator. That's why you seek after the will of God. It's why we pray. It's why we read Scripture. It's all in an effort to let our spirit man connect. There's power in your spirit man. That's where I get courage to make hard decisions about about Timberline's future with our team and our staff. And we pray together and we say, "Is is this the wisdom of God? Is God leading us here? It's why you see in the book of Acts when when someone's going to go to a city that they, they, they pray for them, they lay hands on them, and in some cases, the Holy Spirit speaks through an utterance or a gift in the Spirit to say, no, don't go there or go here. Pay attention to this. You're going to be tied up when you go there. What is that? It's a revelation from God. You say, do you really believe all that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. Why? Because it's happened to me. I've had courage that I didn't have. I've had strength that I didn't have. I've had faith that I wouldn't have had. I've known there there are times when God is in control and I I didn't have any control, but I trusted Him. You guys, I have an advantage of years of hearing people's story and watching their journey up close. And I cannot tell you, there's no number I could put on it, of the times people have said to me as their pastor. This was horrible to go through, but I can't believe the peace that came over me. Or the power of God that I felt that I've never felt before. Or His presence was so rich in that moment that the loss seemed like it was less because God was so real. Do I understand that? Not fully. Do I believe it? Yes, I do. So, let me keep going. Number four. What just happened? Well, faith happened. Faith happened. And that's what I want you to write down if you're taking notes today. Faith happened. And I want you to apply that to your own life. Peter was living in a faith realm when he made this proclamation, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now I want to just, I want to hop to to two or three other verses and then we'll wrap this up. In Hebrews 11, It's kind of known as the faith chapter of the Bible. It's a bunch of heroes that are labeled as people of faith. And without going into all the detail of it, let me just read from verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Now that verse gets complicated and people try to take it down tangents that I'm not sure it's intended to go down. But it is saying one thing for sure. It's saying that not everything will make sense to us in our natural realm, but when faith ignites the spirit man, we can have something that makes sense because it's birth of the spirit. And we have the courage and the fortitude to see it through all the way to the end. The concrete thought, the abstract thought, might not be the process that God uses. Sometimes it is. But sometimes it isn't. I don't understand the virgin birth. 
That's not concrete or abstract. That's miraculous. That's divine. I don't understand how the walls of Jericho came tumbling down because of a shout. I don't understand the healing of people who were sick unto death. I don't understand how leprosy was cleansed or how water was turned to wine. I don't know. But that's all in the divine realm. That's what miracles are. And as we walk with the Lord, I believe we can be involved in a miracle without even defining it as a miracle. The leading of the Spirit. The conversations that we have with someone that we haven't planned. The opportunities that pop up in the middle of the day with someone you didn't intend on talking to today. All of a sudden you have this major conversation. What's happening? The divine is happening. The spirit man is happening. Faith is happening. And suddenly you're stepping out by faith and having this conversation with people. Through their faith, this is verse 2 of Hebrews 11, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. They, They stepped out into the unknown. Only God knew where they were going. They were obedient to God. And they didn't wrestle too badly, too much to stop. They wrestled enough to say, okay, God, I'm going I'm to walk. I'm going to trust you in this. By faith, verse 3, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. And what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. You see, are you seeing this now? I hope you are. I hope it's making sense. And then you have Romans 12. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now that right there is what I'm going for today in me and in you. I want to be a good thinker. I do. I want to have good concrete thought. I want to make, have good principles and making decisions in my life. But you know what? I can honestly tell you, I want to be a man of faith. I want to be someone who hears the voice of God. And, and I, I feel that movement of the Spirit that says, go, do this, make this decision. Let's have this happen. And, and I want to lead in such a way that, that we can do those things together. I'm, I'm praying that for you in your family if you're married in your marriage, if you're single in your singleness, what does it mean to journey with God and to trust Him by faith? What needs to change? Let me, let me go through, let me go through a, a few really quick things. Questions to consider. There's a couple other passages in your notes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass over them and just jump to the final thought because of time. Questions to consider. Where am I lacking faith? Ask yourself that question. And maybe write some things down. I'm lacking faith in my finances. I'm lacking faith in raising my kids. I'm lacking faith in believing I can get a job. See, all these things, and you got to hear this, it's not about pressuring yourself more to making yourself believe something that you really don't believe. So it's not, I believe, 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 I believe. You're not going to do it. It's about sitting with God saying, you're God, I'm not. I have an assurance that you know where I am. And then divine revelation comes. And I'm able to walk in faith. And that's where faith happens. The second thing is, where do I look in times of chaos? Very important question. Where do I go? What do I do? Who do I seek? Myself? Others? Politics? Money? Is that the answer? How many times do I hear, oh, if I won the lottery, my problems would be over. No, your problems would just be starting probably. 
Number three, will I discover the moments I can exercise faith? Before we pray, I'm asking you this question this week. Will you literally walk around in your daily routines, in your home, at the store, wherever you go, in your car, and, and be aware, okay, this moment could be a moment where faith happens. <laughs> I'm going to trust God in this conversation. It's awkward, it feels funny, but Lord, help me. I'm trusting you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to touch my friends, our Timberline family, those watching online, those here today. I just pray that this will be a special moment for all of us. We need you and we acknowledge our need of you. And secondly, just right where you are with, with just this, this moment of prayer, would you just say, Lord, I want these divine moments in my life. Not to be weird, but I want to be sensitive enough to hear your voice. That faith can happen in me. I want to respond to you like Peter responded to you. You're the Christ. I didn't know that, but I'm, it's revealed to me. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. I just challenge you all right now to open your heart. If you're lost, if you're separated from God and you know you don't have this renewing in your spirit, right now would you just pray, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. I, I give it to you. I trust you with it. And let us know. Let us know how we can help you. There's some people who would love to talk to you online. We'd love to send you some stuff to get you going, get you started. But we love you and we believe in you. I, uh, I count it a privilege to talk to you today. And I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you. Let love live, Timberline. And thank you for being Timberline. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless.